0: Hello and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a Highland News and Media Sports podcast hosted for the last couple of weeks, at least, by me, Andrew Henderson. Will Clark is not with us again this time. He's off on annual leave. He'll be back next time, which means I'm once again joined for the third week in a row by Alistair Fraser. Alistair, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing not bad, Andrew. How are you?
0: <laughs> not too bad at all, thanks. It's been a busy week. We've got a lot to talk about and there's an obvious starting point, just like there was last time around. We've got Highland Derby. The first time in two years, you've been talking to a lot more of the guys in Cali Thistle and County than I have this week. Is there a good bit of excitement in the camps, do you think?
1: I think so, yeah. I think um, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's the first ever Highland Derby without a crowd. We've sort of got used to the lack of crowds, but I think it'll feel thrown back into sharp focus, uh, given that it is a Derby game that we're used to pretty much seeing them packed out. Uh, but the players, um, you know, the players are, are obviously excited. It's a, it, both sets of players see it as a chance to progress uh, to the last 16. And it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because there's that dynamic that uh, a, a team at the bottom end of the higher league against a team sort of finding form in the league below. So you, you never know how that will play out. But I'd imagine, you know, all the perceived advantage of Ross County being a premiership club will probably go out the window as will any sort of home advantage, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. A couple of years ago when Ross County were in the Championship, even though they ended up winning the league fairly comfortably, Calythus always gave them a game, and they actually knocked them out at the Scottish Cup uh, after a replay on penalties, to be fair. I think it was two 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 2 2-2 draws that they had at that point. But there was always close games, and I don't really expect anything drastically different this time around with everything that you're saying.
1: There were always close games and and there were always goals, weren't there? The, the, you know, you see that list of results. There were always three or four goals at least, which is, uh, uh, you know, hopefully not cursing it, but, um, you know, we're, we hopefully should be in for a, a really good competitive game. But it's interesting to look at, if you take out that cup victory for Cali Thistle, the tables had really turned against them. You know, they hadn't won a game in, in the Derby in for about eight fixtures, uh, whereas traditionally they've always been no, this team with the upper hand, I suppose, um, over the years, and the record books show that. So they'll be desperate to have a crack at Ross County and try and reverse what had been, you know, a pretty steady tide in the Staggies' favour uh, for quite some time.
0: Form over the last couple of weeks, if not the last couple of derbies, is definitely in Inverness' favour. Granted, Form can go out the window in a derby match, but that's four wins in a row now for Cali Thistle, four clean sheets in a row in the league county have had some big wins you know that's that's been the story of their last few months they've had some massive wins but they haven't really been able to string them together so the form doesn't look brilliant when you just see the numbers as opposed to the teams that they've beaten like you say Calico's a will fancy their chances for this but county will also see it as they're the favorites they're the team that should in theory inverted commas be getting through it's it's just set up to be a great occasion
1: John Hughes was quite uh, blunt and candid about that. I mean, he, he said, you know, we are the favourites, which is something you don't often hear a manager saying, um, you know, they try and couch it in different terms. But I think he's recognising psychologically Cali Thistle probably have to deal with that and deal with a team that, that have that underdog's advantage, if you like, of um, not having too much expectation on, on their shoulders. I think it'll come down to the team that really wants it most on the night. Um, and as things stand, you know, with, when you look at the two sets of teams and who, who's got most at stake in the league, it's hard to say because they could swap leagues, they could end up in the same league in the premiership or the championship. There's all manner of outcomes that could be possible in the league. But I wonder if Ross County's preoccupation with survival is maybe a bit stronger than Cali Thistle's uh, preoccupation with the the playoffs, and that may play in Inverness's favour.
0: That being said, Inverness have, I think, quite a significantly smaller squad than Ross County in the amount of games they've had over the last few weeks. Again, you're kind of coming at it from two totally different sides. Inverness have only just had a full week, not even seven days. Even when they don't have a midweek game, they don't get seven days between matches because it's a Friday night fixture. Whereas County, on the other hand, have had two weeks without a match to prepare for this. Again, it's just set up beautifully for a great match to happen
1: yeah it's um, I, th- I think it's nine games in a month Cali Thistle have had to navigate with with as you say a very small squad and Ross County have had that break to sort of lick their wounds a wee bit Cali Thistle have had three days off I think Neil McCann said this this week which is quite unusual uh, at this time in the season but I think it was welcome for the players and. He spoke today about how, Neil McCann has spoke today about how he'd used that time himself to really take a hard look at Ross County and look at their matches, study, obviously their strengths, but also their weaknesses. So he's also got Billy Dodds as assistant, who has covered a lot of Ross County games this season, you know, on a BBC front. And together, I think they've, they've really taken a hard look. And They will be looking now to pass on some valuable information to the players. Um, John Hughes will have done exactly the same. Let's face it, you know, he he doesn't leave any stone unturned himself. So, you know, neither team, despite the two-year absence of Derby's, will will be short on information on the other side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One wild card that could potentially come into play Scott Allen, he signed for Cali Thistle after we recorded last week's podcast. John Hughes has also been talking about potentially trying to bring Allen into Dingwall, but he's going to be such a, a big player despite his lack of max action. His quality is a real, real bonus for Cali Thistle towards the end of this season.
1: It's a tremendous signing in the sense that, you know, he's a player hungry to play despite this temporary drop down a level. He came on after 54 minutes against our Arbroath and I watched him closely. And he, OK, he, he is he is short of 100% match fitness, clearly. But he had all the touches, the movement, uh, intelligent play on the ball. And he seemed to blend in with the Cali Thistle team quite comfortably. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he does. And and even if, if he starts the game, you know, I, I think that might be a temptation for Neil McCann. But... Scott Allen is a quality player. He's a Premier League player now, performing in the Championship. And um, you know, John Hughes singled him out, and as you say, John Hughes expressed an interest in keeping track of uh, Allen's career. You know, should he find it hard to get back into the picture at, at Hibs, he would be very interested in signing him. Um, I have no idea what Allen's longer-term contract situation is, whether he's available in the summer or not, but. Um, certainly Hughes's admiration was clear.
0: What do you expect Hughes to do then for Ross County? Because the last few weeks and months, it, like you said, it's been all about survival. They've had to play quite defensively at times to try and keep the goals out. Do you expect it to be a, a still a very solid base or do you expect him to try and attack lower league opposition a bit more?
1: It's a good question. I, I don't think he'll try and change too much. Um, he's all about momentum and consistency. Um, and he won't underestimate Cali Thistle. I think he'll treat it almost as a Premier League game, such as his admiration for the club. Um, he was reminiscing a lot about his time at Inverness. Um, obviously, he—it it seems like a different era now—but he took them to third place in the Premiership. He took them to the Scottish Cup final and, and a victory over Falkirk as well, of course. And it was—it was interesting when he, he broke off from his reminiscing and said that he—you he, know—his his ambition, his sort of dream is to replicate that success with Ross County um, which was quite a statement you know we're, we're in a different era in the top flight now you know we, we have um, a full strength Rangers we've got very strong city clubs in the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen it would be very hard to replicate that level of success but that's certainly what Hughes put out there this week and I wondered if it was another wee nudge towards his uh, hopes of staying at Ross County longer term.
0: Yeah, we talked about his future a little bit last week. It's certainly something that if he's going to replicate that sort of success, it can't all happen in the next couple of months, can it? So he certainly seems to be angling to stay in Dingwall. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Alistair, that you know maybe County might be a bit more distracted by what's going on in the league compared to Cali Thistle ahead of this match. Who do you think it would be more important for to actually win and, and get this extra bit of momentum, this bonus cup run?
1: Um, I don't think either side would like me saying that it's more important to one team or the other, but I would say financially for Cali Thistle, it could be massive. Again, that's not something that players really think about, you know, so it's it's a difficult one. I I think any player worth his salt will be really hungry to progress in the Cup because, you know, the last five, ten years have shown that great things can happen for smaller clubs from time to time uh, and nothing should be ruled out. So I, I don't think that's one you could really answer.
0: There you go. You tried to catch me out last week by asking me about biggest upsets and hoping I'd forget Fraser Brown. You haven't fallen from me trying to catch you out this time, Rod.
1: <laughs> is that what you're trying to do? I see.
0: <laughs> it was worth a try. You never know what's going to happen. You talk about the financial implications, though, of getting through in the Cup. And that is certainly going to be the case for Brewer Rangers. We talked at length last week about their win over Hearts. They've got Stranraer this weekend. Alistair, you were talking to Stephen Mackay. I mean, they're looking at this, again, as an opportunity to get through rather than keeping their fingers crossed and hoping.
1: Yeah, Stephen, as you know, speaks very well. He he spoke very well about keeping feet on the ground, about the psychology of coming away from such a monumental victory as, as it was against Hearts and, you know, replicating the levels that they showed against Hearts. Um, and he knows that that's not an easy thing for players to do but he, he's got a lot of faith in the characters he has in that squad to, to keep their feet on the ground and you know rise to the occasion again because Stranar are going well in League Two, as far as I can see. I think it's something like five wins from six uh, in their recent games, their promotion candidates in joint fourth place. They'll be a very difficult team to beat, despite Brora having just beaten a team of the size of Hearts. So, again, it'll be a really interesting game. It'll be good. I'm I'm going along to that one. So I'm just looking forward to seeing if Brora can pull it off again.
0: Yeah, you alluded a little bit to what Stephen Mackay had to say. We can actually hear a little bit of it just now. Here is what he had to say about Stranroar.
2: We can't influence or or control anything from out the club in terms of what people's expectations are, or what people think will happen in that game, all we can do is, is control it internally. And you know, we are well aware of the, the importance, first and foremost, of the game. But you know, how tough it will be. Not, we will play a team from a higher league, first and foremost. But all the kind of tension and, and and euphoria and expectation—that's something that we don't often experience. And let's not forget that, that Struan are you know, sitting in fourth in League Two. So. You know they were the favourites to 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 win that game. However, just the way things have gone, then that expectation might be switched. So we just need to handle that, you know, and stay focused on the job at hand. It's a it's a massive game for the club. It's actually a game that both teams will think they've got a good chance of winning, um, and we just got to go out and, and with the same mindset. You know, it's a it's a cup game. Um, the, the prize at the end of it is, a, is the last sixteen in the Scottish Cup, and it's a game that we very much believe that we can win um, but that doesn't mean that we will win it so we just need to go out and, and work equally as hard to what we did against Hearts
0: I was guilty of it last week of saying they've beaten Hearts they can beat Strunrar I'm not alone in that even Charlie Christie in his column that returned to the Inverness Courier today said he'd be surprised if Brora aren't in the next round of the Scottish Cup how much of a challenge is this going to be yes Brora's players are professional and you'd expect them to cope pretty well with it but it must be so difficult not to start believing that hype that's been going on over the last week or so.
1: Even if they sort of crunch that in their, their minds and get over that psychologically, it's still about raising their performance levels to the same heights again, which it happens time and time again in sport. I remember, for example, in 2010, Ross County went to Hamden Park and beat Celtic and just a wonderful performance. And if they'd played like that in the final against Dundee United, they would have won, obviously, the Scottish Cup as a first division side at the time. But they almost went through the motions at Hamden. They tried to emulate the performance, but they they were flat. They were. They, it was almost like they'd already had their cup final. And I, I would say that's quite a close um, analogy to what Brora will face on Saturday. You know, there'll be the same buzz. There'll be a few scattering of fans on the hillside, eh, outside the ground. All the club officials will be congregated watching eagerly. But can they actually replicate the levels that they, they showed? You know, we can only wait and see.
0: Adrenaline probably got them through a good chunk of that match against Hearts being their first game back for ages, knowing the, knowing the occasion, knowing the opposition that they were up against now it is going to be different and there's a spotlight on them and there's an expectation on them i know alistair when you were talking as stephen Mackay, he mentioned that i think it was jordan McRae uh was trying to shy away from some of the the media requests that was coming through but this is something that they're going to have to deal with on saturday they, they will i
1: mean they're they're now um i was going to say minor celebrities they're probably major celebrities in Sutherland, um, and they've gone down in club history, they've gone down in Scottish football history, but um, you speak to them, and they're they're all good lads, they're honest guys who love their football, they do play for the love of the game, and I just hope that that character will um, ensure that we see the best Brora, and even the best Brora might not be good enough on Saturday, but I think... They just want to do themselves justice and give themselves the best possible chance of progressing and who knows if they do what might await them in the next round.
0: Fans of Brower will be keeping their fingers crossed that they can go out and get another good result at the weekend and if they do that would cap off what's already been quite a good, albeit slightly strange week for the club because they've been named Highland League champions after playing three games.
1: It's Scottish football at its finest and most um, ludicrous really in a sense but You know, I think the Highland League have to be commended for throwing their weight behind Brora. Um, I I think it's clearly ludicrous for any team to win a league after three games on goal difference. And, you know, it wasn't just that. There were three other teams who actually had a 100% record in the table. But, you know, it was a mechanism. It's a means to an end for the Highland League to put forward Brora for what they feel they deserve, which is a crack at the pyramid playoffs. And also Brora, as we've discussed in the past, but Brora are one of the few clubs that really, really want to get up into the SPFL. So it's just admirable that, as again, the Highland League has acted sensibly, fairly and swiftly, you know, in the end, swiftly to, to put Brora into a strong position where the SFA will find it hard now to deny them a pyramid place as they did last year.
0: This is a bit of a strange one for us as well, because in a lot of other weeks, the Highland League finishing and Brewer Rangers being champions could quite easily have been our top story. But we've been talking about this exact scenario happening for so long. It's just kind of felt inevitable. And it's not doesn't feel like that big of a deal because we all saw this coming for the last month.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could easily have been a massive controversy, couldn't it? But I think everyone's accepted that we're living in very strange times, unusual times and unusual things are going to happen in sport, just as they are in wider society. But let's hope that in the next few days, maybe week or so, that we hear that Brora have a game scheduled uh, against Kelty Hearts. And it'll be a two-legged affair, obviously. And then they will hopefully play the side that finishes at the bottom of League Two.
0: Well, this brings me very nicely to... A historic moment for balls and whistles because we've had our first ever Twitter question sent in. Wow! So huge thanks to James Wallace for getting in touch with us. And it's on this exact topic, which is why I bring it up now. He has asked us, what do you think of the prospects of the SBFL not implementing the relegation of Club 42 this season? Do you think they'll go for a quick reconstruction to allow Brewer and Kelty in with the Colt teams? We've talked about the Colts issue a couple of weeks ago and the pros and cons for it. One thing I don't think we actually discussed was how likely it actually is. I certainly don't think it'll be a quick reconstruction because as we've seen over the last, I don't know how many years, nothing happens quickly with the SBFL and the SFA. It may well happen, but I'd be very surprised if it's going to happen in time for next season. So... Personally, I would say we're most likely to just stick with the status quo and we will have a pyramid playoff. Would you agree with that, Alistair?
1: I think so. I'm not sure how the voting works. uh, But if it is a straight vote, uh, you know, I can't see there being 100% uh, support for Rangers and Celtic Colts in the lower leagues. I think it would be voted down uh, unless something is presented to the lower league clubs that makes it just too attractive. But you know we're we're in crystal ball territory here. We we don't know, and and you're right in saying that nothing goes as expected or goes smoothly in Scottish football. This one could rumble on for quite some time, I think.
0: It's one of those things. If we'd been doing this podcast around about this time last year, every single week you probably would have had me and Will talking about reconstruction and why it's needed and why it's a good thing, and that last year was the perfect opportunity to do it with you know four or five six months without any action. And it didn't happen then, so I'm always going to be pessimistic about chances of league reconstruction happening in the SPFL now because, they've, in my opinion, they've missed that perfect opportunity to totally rip things up and start again. And now they're always going to have an issue with scheduling and the calendar and what matches need to be played when, and that now is not the time to discuss it. And, yeah, I, I would be quite surprised if we see Colts teams in League Two next season.
1: You're right, it was the perfect time to make the change there was a logic to it. No team would have been punished by the pandemic. And they didn't do it then, so make your own conclusions. I really I really don't think we're going to be um, looking at some radical change to Scottish football in the near future.
0: Which, of course, might not be a, a terrible thing for Brora if they go and win the pyramid playoff. But again, that's crystal ball territory. Who knows what's going to happen there?
1: <laughs> Chairman of Brora, William Powery, favours the, the reconstruction option and not just because he, he doesn't want the kind of lottery of trying to get through the pyramid playoffs. I think he just feels it would be healthier for the game um, and it would offer some financial reward to, to clubs uh, at that level. But, you know, there's so many different conflicting interests in there from clubs that would feel maybe that they would lose in terms of the threat of, of maybe not Being promotion candidates, uh, or or maybe even the threat of losing their League Two status, I I just I I just can't see it happening.
0: Well, hopefully that answers James's question. (laughs) It's one of those things we can't say which is one hundred percent what will or what won't happen, but we both think it's unlikely. So hopefully that covers it, James. Thank you again for sending in a question, and if anybody else wants to get in touch and ask their own, we're on Twitter at balls underscore whistles, and our email address is in the description of every episode. So. No excuses, basically, is what I'm saying. On the topic of reconstruction, though, this is all talking about the men's game so far. There will, by the looks of it, be reconstruction once again in the women's side of football. Scottish women's football, the governing body, are looking at merging the championship north and south into one championship league and having an extra tier below that on the pyramid that will then be regionalised, which will be League One. This means the current Championship North teams will be essentially playing for promotion to the Championship for next season, as will the Championship South teams instead of getting promotion to the SWPL2. That's not 100% confirmed, but that, according to Cali Thistle Women's Manager Karen Mason, is what the, the current suggestions are. I asked the question when I was talking to her a few weeks back now, is this because teams have pulled out because of the pandemic and numbers are dwindling and it's, it's a necessary step. And it's actually the exact opposite. More clubs want to be part of the performance arm instead of the recreation arm. So they want to get more of the better teams playing each other instead of just having it purely regionalised the whole way down. So if anything, this is actually a really good step for women's football. It shows how healthy the game is, which isn't something we've always been able to say about a lot of sports over the last year. So it's good news as far as I'm concerned.
1: It certainly sounds progressive. Would that create a national setup with three national divisions?
0: Yeah, would. you'd have SWPL 1, SWPL 2 and the Championship, which would all be national and then regionalised League 1s essentially below that.
1: It sounds like a, a step forward and, you know, you want the best players playing against the best opposition they can, which, you know, you can certainly get if you if you broaden it nationally.
0: Yeah, and Cali Thistle, we've now started the 2020-21 season. Th- twice and we're looking to restart it for a third time potentially but every time we've gotten a couple of games in cali thistle have been near the top of the table so they would have to hope that they're going to be in the championship the national championship and bidding for promotion even from that and trying to get into the swpl too they've been up there i think they've been in the top league what I say about 10 15 years ago i might be slightly out with my dates um, and then they had to go through a whole rebuilding process with new players coming in players leaving so, you know, things are on the up for the club as well as for women's football. So fingers crossed that they even get back playing soon, because right now it's only non-contact training, and that things go well for them when that does happen and they can start moving up the leagues because hopefully we we'll have a great success story in the Highlands.
1: I think they're doing a lot of work at youth level as well, Andrew. You know, they they've got a wee tie up with my daughter's club, Thistle Girls, formally for the first time. And I know um, there's a wee rivalry in the the making because Ember Gordon, who've always been Thistle Girls, big rivals, have uh, now tied up with Ross County. So, um, you know, it's great for the game locally. And if kids can be playing football and see a pathway just as you want in the boys and men's game, then they're going to be inspired to put that little bit extra work in and, you know, stick up the game. And hopefully we'll see some cracking teams in the near future.
0: And getting an El cassico at that level can't hurt, can it?
1: Certainly not. No, maybe maybe Mr. McGregor and his counterpart in Inverness will be taking a keen interest in those teams and games.
0: That sort of rivalry, like you say, will hopefully inspire a whole new generation. And I now feel like I'm sounding really cliched, but it's true. That sort of thing can have an impact. There's also been some good news. We're talking about hopefully some future success for Cali-Thistle Woman. There's also been some really, really good news for Inverness Craig-Denane Rugby Club. There's been funding granted for a new artificial pitch at the Inverness campus of the University of the Highlands and Islands, which Craig-Denane are partnering in. And the hope is that once it gets built later on this year, the club will have a new permanent home there. And they haven't had a permanent home for years if ever they train at ferry point they've played matches at the high school and at highlands canal park this is going to give them a proper base to build from it'll help with sponsorship it'll help with recruitment it'll be just better facilities than they have at the minute so again it's just another great new story which isn't something we've been able to say a huge amount over the last year it's it's fantastic stuff for craig
1: any club needs a home it needs a base We've seen in football over the years that clubs like Clyde Bank, when once they've lost that kind of identity tied to a particular venue, they they can lose their way completely. So it's great for Craig Dunane. I know there's I spoke to Craig Dunane coaches way back years ago and, and they work so hard to keep the club going against the odds. And, you know, if, if they can get facilities, they can only move forward.
0: Yeah, I spoke to the club's chairperson, Jess Butler. I think rather than playing a little clip here, I'm actually going to put the full interview up on our feed in the next couple of days. So keep an eye out for that, because it was really interesting to hear her talking about the effect it could have for the club and promoting women's rugby as well. We're just talking about women's football, but just to have that basis for women's rugby, which is still growing as well in the Highlands, really interesting stuff. Like I say, keep an eye out for that because I will put that up. In terms of good news stuff, it's time, I think, for me to go around about some of the other papers. So WIC chairman Pat Miller in the John O'Groat Journal today is really hopeful that we're going to have fans for the start of the 2021-22 Highland League season. It's been a long time coming (laughs) that we're going to have just regular Highland League matches, never mind fans back at them. But Again, we're looking optimistic. The, the vaccination program is rapidly going through the population, and fingers crossed, in a few months' time, we're going to have fans back at Highland League matches.
1: Just how good will that be? You know, um, we saw Scotland and Israel, and I think was it 5,000 fans they had there, and it seemed like a, a completely different atmosphere. I'll never take for granted, you know, 300 fans at Grant Street Park again. You know, it's just, I think it'll be very emotional next season, certainly when the first teams step out in front of supporters, if that does indeed happen. And we can only hope that there's, you know, no no resurgence of the virus around that time. But yeah, it's looking good and it's good to hear people talking optimistically about it.
0: Fingers crossed there's no relapse and we keep making progress and everything's on an upward curve. Um, There has been a couple of new recruits in the opposite direction at Borough Briggs in the Northern Scot. We've got Elgin City manager Gavin Price talking about his two new loan signings. Wednesday was actually the deadline. I kind of missed this. I knew that there were still signs going on. I didn't realise the the deadline was coming up. But it was this Wednesday. Squads are now final for the rest of this season for the teams that are still playing. And Elgin managed to add Murray Miller from Rangers and Kyle Darling from Forfar Athletic hopefully a couple of decent recruits for them. They're going to be playing constantly over the next couple of weeks, so all the numbers that they can get are probably very important right now. I think that pretty much wraps up our news for this week. Alistair, is there anything else that caught your eye that I haven't particularly covered?
1: There's just one wee we tale locally that I'd like to mention. There's a lad, Conor Golabek, who actually plays for Glen Urchurch Shinty Club, is doing a fantastic challenge for Highland Hospice. He's running seven marathons in seven days. Now, he set off, he'd never run a marathon in his life before. He probably inadvisedly did a marathon just about a week or two before he started the challenge, which I don't think you're actually meant to do. But um, he'd never run any sort of distance in his life before, but he's clearly a fit lad. And uh, he took off on Sunday, I think, his first one, and he managed it fine. He's been getting understandably progressively slower as weeks gone on because it's taken an incredible toll on his body. And he actually, in day two, he actually had a horrific pain in one of his legs and got so distressed that he phoned Highland Hospice to apologize and say he couldn't carry on. After that phone call, he plowed on for another few miles and found he could at least complete that day's uh, effort. And he's now done, he'll have done his fifth, I think, today, and he should finish on Saturday. So great, great effort from him. He's already raised over £3,000 for Highland Hospice and obviously a very difficult time for, for every charity. So uh, hats off to Conor Golubek. And he, he had a wee bit of help from a familiar um, individual to Cali Thistle fans, Michael Fraser, the former goalkeeper, who dusted down his, his training shoes and ran a marathon with him earlier this week, which is, is pretty impressive given that he hadn't Probably train for it. <laughs> so it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people rallying behind Connor, and it will be a massive one for him when he completes it, hopefully on Saturday.
0: Whenever I see challenges like this, I always think people must be crazy to run one marathon, never mind trying to do seven in seven days. So, full credit to Connor for doing what he's doing. And fingers crossed, I feel like I've said fingers crossed a lot, but we're very hopeful in today's episode of Balls and Whistles that. He can raise a lot of money for a very, very worthy cause. I will just briefly mention, I kind of alluded to earlier, Charlie Christie's column is back in today's Inverness Courier. So go and read that, check that one out, because it's been a long time since Charlie was writing for us. But it's great to have him back in the paper today. He's talking about Brewer Rangers win over Hearts in the Cup the academy at Cali Thistle providing a good chunk of those players and potentially setting a record for the most homegrown players in the Cali Thistle squad when they face Bucky. And of course he looks ahead to the Highland Derby and a little bit beyond that as well. So go give that a read. I think that's us for the time being. So Alistair, thank you very much for coming on and keeping me company the last couple of weeks. Like I said earlier, if anybody wants to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or at ballsandwhistles at hnmedia.co.uk. Till next week, I've been Andrew Henderson. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend.